Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Here's a question I already know the answer to. Real estate agents, do you want to succeed now? Do you want success now? Of course you do. And that's the reason you're listening to today's podcast, which is part three of this mini-series we're doing on that very topic. And we've been leading all of you guys down the same path, which is to obviously get your real estate treasure map done, which is your fill-in-the-bank, fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. And if you've not completed that yet, you're going to not get as much out of these podcast series and, frankly, a lot of our podcasts as you otherwise would have. So that is the absolute minimum standard for all podcast listeners is to download the Real Estate Treasure Map. And we've made it so easy for you because it doesn't cost you anything. Um, the pot, the uh, link that you'll receive once you text the word, our last name, Harris, to 47372 takes you to our website. and You can download the real estate treasure map. And the real estate treasure map is your fill in the blank business and life plan. We talk about this every single day because it's that important. I Thousands of you have uh, requested the treasure map. I wonder how many of you have actually completed it. So if you're guilty of having, um, you know, text the word, texted the word Harris to 47372, received the treasure map, but not printed it out and completed it, well, you've only done half the job. So make sure you get that done. But for the rest of you, and we do pick up thousands of new listeners this time of year, make sure you do that because it is the minimum standard to get the most out of your um, listening to Julie and I on Real Estate Coaching Radio. Oh, and by the way, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. In at least the United States, we're working on other countries. It's pretty exciting. So go ahead and text our last name, Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 47372. And remember, message and data rates may apply. All right, before we get to our next point, yes, Julie and I found an article that we want to uh, share with you. And I'm just going to uh, cut to the heart of it, if you don't yeah, mind. No, no, it's good. And, and so what we, we – our number one prediction that we had, or maybe it was our last prediction we had in our predictions podcast that we did late last year, was that inflation was going to be the big story of 2022. Yes. Um, you know, I think alien visitation was a close <laughs> number two. Definitely <laughs> but, up there. But really inflation and inflation becoming something that's um, – you know, going to be on everyone's mind. It's not going to be, oh, I noticed the prices are up. It's going to be, I noticed the prices are up on everything and it's becoming problematic for me. We are moving from things feel expensive to things are expensive to, oh my gosh, how am I going to afford my things? The last stage is what we're starting to see people uh, starting to express concerns about. And there was an article on, um, I don't remember where I read it this morning, that Walmart, um, who I think we can say is a safe barometer of the sure. uh, you know, consumer mindset mm -hmm. and financial yep. health. They did a survey and they said that people are starting to be very um, aware of price increases, but not changing their uh, behavioral patterns yet. Yet is the key term. There, exactly. Right? You know, what's interesting about inflation, Tim, is that this is something that most people at this point have not really experienced. Now, inflation is always around two or 3% a year. It's pretty normal. You don't really notice it. 
But it's really, I mean, we had it in the early 70s as a kid, but you definitely didn't have an adult perspective on that. And I think the vast majority of our listeners are wondering about this as well. So this is a hot topic, something that nobody really has experienced in their lifetime significantly. So we are talking about this article. It's very fascinating because it's talking about how inflation is hitting everything you buy for your home. Uh, but this is also, this is going to be mostly stuff that you would be buying as a consumer for, you know, pillows and whatnot. But the other thing is, is I want you to relate this to new construction because new construction costs mm-hmm. are also going through the roof. There was a lot of talk last year about inflation affecting the price of lumber. And then, you know, there was some political wrangling that made it so that the price of lumber sort of uh, stopped inflating at the same rate. Well, that was that had to do with tariffs and things like that. But the real inflation now has crept into the general consumer um, economy. And here's all you need to know. Prices for all household furnish, uh, furnishings rose 1.6% in January, month to month, and were up 9.3% year over year. Now, here's the thing when you're hearing these, when you're hearing these numbers, when they're talking about rates of inflation or co- the rate of costs increasing, I want you to remember this is only February. And if the numbers continue at 1% or half percent or 2%, per month or per quarter. You're talking about something that's quite substantial towards the end of the year. Well, look at the difference between month over month was 1.6%. That doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but year over year, it added up to 9.3. Well, stay with that. So if it's 1.6% every single month for the rest of the year, you're talking about a 20% increase in stock. Mm -hmm. Now, there was another report that came out, and and, uh, I want you to read this right here. Sure. But there was another report that came out that if you actually were to stop messing with the... um, sellers, uh, the, the way that they figure out what basically the inflation is in real estate, mm-hmm. and you actually look at where it truly is, that we already are at 15 or somewhere right. around what, you know. Oh, I, I mean, I can tell you that even without reading a report, right, straight out of the mouths of our coaching clients. Yep. Because they'll say, you know, I, I thought this house was on the high side and we got a 50 grand over that. You know, what does that equate to? That's a percentage. And But that's an advantage if you're small, if you're a smart, a skilled agent, because you will easily come across underpriced for sale by owners. True. Underpriced expired. Absolutely. Basically people, sellers that are not aware that their property <laughs> is worth, in some cases, a heck of a lot more than what they think. And you don't think that gives you a competitive advantage in the marketplace? So even when you hear numbers and information like this, you guys got to still remember that money is still going to be made. Transactions are still going to happen. There's still going to be a whole ton, millions and millions of home sales, not you know new construction and otherwise. So you got to be the one that's participating in those home sales. Don't get stuck in the mud thinking there's a bubble or thinking that something's going to happen that's going to adversely affect your business. What's going to adversely affect adversely affect your business is if you stay in neutral too much longer. So let's talk about some yes. of these really shocking increases in just these normal yep. household things. All right. So floor coverings up uh, 7.2% year over year, 0.8% month over month, but right. 7.2 year over year. So this is the, again, 0.8% means mm-hmm. that floor coverings, wood, hardwood, rugs, whatever, whatever, it could be up by over 10% this year. That's right. That's extraordinary. It is. I mean, think about it. And that, that's not usually a small price tag either for a normal house. Window coverings are up 16% year over year, and they're tracking right now to be up 25% per year. Furniture and bedding. Now, this is incredible, I think. It doesn't surprise me, but it's still incredible. 17% year over year, but month over month up 2.4%, which means you could be looking at the cost of furniture and bedding going up 30%, which means most likely if you plan on buying furniture bedding, buy it sooner than later. Yes. Bedroom furniture. This is a weird sort of you know thing to carve out, when, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. Bedroom furniture, 14% year over year. 1.8% month over month. Again, bedroom furniture, 
is looks like it's going to be ex uh, more expensive by 25% by the end of the year. How is that a problem? If your income does not keep up with that, yep. you're, you saved like say $1,000 to buy a new something for your bedroom as far as bedroom furniture, and you're going to wait till the end of the year, or if you're even going to wait six months, you're going to have to actually save more because your money is going to depreciate because the in in relation to the what the thing is that you want to buy. Yes. Okay. So living room. What are we at? Clocks, Clocks, lamps, and decorator items. That's kind of broad. But two point seven percent up month over month. Six point three year over year. Living room, kitchen, and dining room furniture. Something everyone needs. Up two point two percent month over month. But nineteen point nine. Let's call it twenty percent year over year. And then appliances up one point five percent month over month and eight and a half percent year over year. So uh, home improvement spending has gone up. 28% over 2020. And I mean, basically everything's going up. Now, here's one other thing maybe uh, that we're not thinking about. When that happens and the, the what your dollar buys is less, okay, so you thought you were buying bedroom furniture, but now you're not because that $1,000 isn't going to do it for you. Now you as a consumer are not spending, which will then affect the economy, which may lead us to recession. Well, what specifically happens, exactly what you said, but people's incomes don't keep up with the cost of things. And what they're going to do is they go through the, oh, that sucks. That was more than I thought it was going to be. And then they're yeah. going to look at the receipts. You're seeing a lot more people when you're walking out of stores looking through their receipts thinking that That's there's true. some sort of an error. It's not an error. That's just the way it is. So with an increased focus on home uh, on homes due to the pandemic, home prices rising to the highest on record nearly 20% year over year. Wow. I know. It's amazing. Uh, so again, I'm going to make this yeah. practical for these guys. If you sold a house to somebody last year, and, the, and let's say you sold it to them for 400 grand, it's probably worth 500 grand now. So even if they had a mortgage payment on that, let's say it was a $400,000 house, let's say they put that, their mortgage balance was 30, uh, 350 grand, let's say they're all in uh, payment on that house, I'm making up numbers, but let's say $2,000. So their house appreciated year over year by uh, roughly uh, $100,000, to carry the house, to live in the house, it costs them $25,000, not including their down payment. Yeah. But you're looking at somebody who's been able to live in the house effectively for free, even with making a principal interest taxes and probably homeowners insurance yes. and HOA. They've lived in that house effectively for free when you compare it to what the inflation has caused the value of the house to become. Which is, by the way, an objection handler for when you have clients that say, well, I'm just going to wait. And I mean... If that, what is the cost of waiting? That person versus somebody that's buying that same house this year, they're paying a hundred thousand more. Well, you and I did have when we started selling real estate in the '90s. We had quite a few clients that were buying what should have been first-time homebuyer houses, yep. and they were in their 40s and their 50s, yes. and they'd been renters their entire lives. Mm -hmm. And if you scale it back to when mm -hmm. they were, say, in their 20s, right. they would have been right in that heart of the you know inflation that basically as crappy as this is mm -hmm. during the 1970s and the 80s. Right, and they would have probably been you know hoping and praying that they were going to be able to purchase a house. They got priced out of the house. They stayed lifetime renters. And because their rents have increased, the money that they would have otherwise been able to save for a down payment went to paying increase in rents, increase in cost yes. of everything else. This is the cycle that some people are going to be caught in their entire lives. So if you have, if you listeners have not purchased a house yet, even now, buy a damn house, yes. an apartment, a condo. You're, it does you're not matter. hurting your future net worth by not doing it. Absolutely. But it just, even if, say, for example, the inflation or home price appreciation or whatever the hell you want to call it would level off, it's still with how interest rates still are, you know, for how much mm -hmm. longer we don't know, but they still are going to be in most markets 
far less than what you'd pay in rent to rent the same house. So you have won, even if you stop thinking that you're going to win the real estate um, appreciation lottery, you've won just because you've increased your cash flow. Now add to this going forward, you know, our first house payment was $575. Yep. And it was a lot of money for us back then. But now $575 <laughs> is not a lot of money. Really and that, to... by the way, was at 7%. Right. And that was at 7%. That's not a lot of money to anybody now. So what makes you think that the payment that you're having to, you know, feel like you're suffering now because you're overpaying for something won't look like something of a bargain in 12, 24, let alone, you know, five years because of what inflation does to the value to across the board on everything else. This yes. is one of those weird times where you weird. have to kind of go against your nature. Your nature is telling you to dig a hole, right? <laughs> and wait. To go hide in a cave and wait for the storm clouds to pass. But remember this, guys, and we're going to get to our topic here in a second. The greatest fortunes of, of humanity, the greatest fortunes have always been made during the greatest times of change. And you can go all the way back to the very beginning of recorded history, and it's always been true. But let's say, for example, you have the Industrial Revolution, the Tech Revolution, and you also have huge fortunes that are made during huge crashes. So you have to be thinking different than what everyone else is thinking and acting differently how everyone else is acting, and then you're going to come out ahead of this. Don't be overly speculative. Like some of you guys are just in the beginning stages of building your net worth, and you're thinking, well, you need to have to place these really risky bets. That is actually the exact opposite of what you should be doing. Again, assume that your decision-making apparatus about spending money and, and frankly earning money in many cases is not really concurrent is not really current with what and how you should be thinking and how you should be acting. And this goes back, obviously, to what we we're talking about on our topic this week. So that's about as close to a loop as I can do it. <laughs> yes. Well, as we're transitioning to our final points in this series, this has been a three-part series, so get caught up if you missed parts one and two. I wanted to circle back just to, a set, uh, to yesterday's for a second when we were talking about those expired listings. And, of course, you know, if you're not finding tons of them, remind yourself you don't need tons of them. If you were to list one or two a month, you're in good shape. Well, list one or two of them a month, and you'd be in great shape. If you work the listings like we said, those one or two mm -hmm. would probably result in four or five sales. Easily. Okay, so here's the thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about. There's a whole conversation that they do not have to suffer through that you do on expireds in a different kind of market. And that is the price conversation. Yeah. Anything that expired in the past 90 days going back, especially going back, some of our most successful coaching clients are now prospecting year-old expireds. You don't really have to have the whole, well, maybe it expired because of your price. Julie, think of all the withdrawals. I mean, here we are yeah. February, and I know most of the country is still suffering winter, right? Um, and you are going to have a lot of people that took their houses off the market, usually starting in the end of October, saying they're going to put them back on the market in the spring. Why aren't you calling those people? Stop it's a thinking, honey hole. Stop, <laughs> knock on their door. I don't care. If you're in Canada, knock on their door. Go and be aggressive with going after those temporary, you know, obviously follow your rules and your MLS, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, those are all people that have self-identified as sellers. And they are going to love talking with you when you tell them that, guess what, Mr. House, Mr. <laughs> Mr. House, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Seller, your house isn't worth a little bit more than what it was worth last year. It's worth a hell of a lot more than it was worth last year. And let's have a conversation about what we can do to get it, uh, make it so you can maximize the return on this investment. Yes. Be aggressive, but that comes from skill set. Mm -hmm. Be aggressive, not with put, being overly pushy as a salesperson. Be aggressive with having higher expectations for yourself. Be aggressive when you find yourself thinking that you can buy your business. Be aggressive when you're going to find yourself becoming complacent. 
you know, um, uh, again, we'll get to our topic, right? Yep. But I did read a very interesting article. You and I love to bag on Zillow because, frankly, I think Zillow is the biggest insurgent that we've They've ever had it. in this industry. Yep. They've earned it right. So Zillow now is going to get back to their knitting and start mm -hmm. selling more leads to agents. Mm -hmm. There was a great article you guys should read on Inman. I always read the comments on Inman on some of these articles. So the comments are so much smarter 99% of the time than the actual article, Right. honestly. I agree. Because in the, the agents are not going to be so easily fooled into buying leads ever again from Zillow. But what Zillow is doing is they are they have created this whole class of dependent agents who've only bought leads, buyer leads primarily since they got their licenses. And now Zillow is slowly, like a python, squeezing them for every last ounce. And now the referral fees went from 25% to 30%. Well, by the way, there weren't even referral fees before. And if you're not a flex agent, well, then the leads you're getting are really bad. Again, read the comments. And then as you move up to a, being a flex agent, now you're paying 35%. What makes you guys think that they're not going to raise that referral fee to 50%? Of course, of course they will. How many agents will pay it? A lot of agents will pay it. Why? Because they don't know how to proactively lead generate. Because all they've ever done is been on the leads dole and they don't know how to do anything about it. They're not they're not independent. They've built their mansions on land that they don't know, own, and Zillow knows it. So here's what Zillow's going to do next. Guaranteed. Zillow is going to be more aggressive with uh, establishing a viable real estate brokerage in all 50 states. And they're going to tell all these agents who are like, you know, hungry baby birds in the nest that if you want more worms, you're going to have to become an agent. And all you brokers out there, all you team leaders out there who built your businesses based on the fact that, you know, you can buy leads from Zillow and other portals like that. You're going to see a mass exodus as you've created all these agents who are, only who are solely dependent on buying business, and they're going to have a choice. Either they stay with you at your XYZ brokerage or they become Zillow, uh, Flex, or Zillow agents at, at the Zillow brokerage. You're going to see the demise of many of your business models because you built your business on land you do not own. And this is the greatest fallacy of modern real estate brokerage. It's not overpaying agents. It's not this, not the other thing. It's this absolute asinine dependency that so many of you have created, allowed to happen in your own backyards of buying buyer leads. And Julie and I, I realize, are the sole voices in the industry, well, us and Gary Keller, frankly, who've been saying since day one, don't do it. Learn to be a proactive lead generator. Well, now you're going to start seeing the cost of not having listened. I don't like to say I told you so, but in a lot of ways we did. If you're new in the business and you're listening to this for the first time, listen to what your future coach, Tim and Julie Harris, are telling you. Don't buy leads. Don't listen to people that tell you to buy leads. Learn how to be a proactive lead generator. It's not difficult, and that makes it so you're not dependent. Well, the agents who are doing the best right now know this. They've known it for a long time. Our coaching clients play a game when they go to the Facebook Live pages, uh, I'm sorry, the daily sessions, where they're talking about, are you on track ahead or are behind? And by and large, almost all of our clients are either on track or ahead. Why? Because they're being coachable. They share their victory. We have victory speeches, basically, for five minutes at the top. And what do they do? They talk about how they found something that was off market. They listed it. They brought their own buyer to it. That person then bought with them. And they were in all uh, complete control of the entire transaction. What is a huge stress point for you guys right now? It's finding something in the first place. It's being competitive if you're on the buyer side. It's being competitive to get the listing at all if you're on the seller side. 
and then it's controlling the transaction. This is a way that our coaching clients love to share their victory speeches that they did this, that they've got more pendings than they've ever had before. You know what? Along those lines, here, I'm going to give you guys a little window to the future. Buyer agent commissions in many markets now are a third less than they were, say, six or 12 months ago, which means that if you're starting to get in a habit, let's say, for example, I'm just going to make up an arbitrary number. I did this yesterday sure. too, but it's really important. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, you sell a half million dollar house. And let's say there's a commission on that thing and that half million dollar house of $10,000. And let's say that uh, you're now agreeing to pay Zillow what's going to be a 50% referral fee. So now you've basically paid $5,000 off the top to Zillow. That's before you paid your brokers. Let's say you were in an 80-20 split with your broker. Now, hopefully your broker's not taking their 80-20 off the top. They're probably not because the referral fee usually gets mm -hmm. paid first. But it's coming off the bottom. So now they're taking 20% off. Now you're at four grand for that commission. And pay your TC 450 bucks while you're at it. Exactly. Before your own personal expenses, now you've worked. If you actually calculate how much you, uh, time you've gotten, um, this is before taxes, how much time you've put into that, most of you guys are making about the same amount of money buying leads, following that scenario that I just gave you, you would have made more money working at Starbucks 100% of the time. And yet you're doing this. Why? Because you don't know how to proactively lead generate. You don't know how to actually set your own commissions. You don't know how to say no when someone tries. Now, with that said, if another agent sends you a referral and it's an agent-to-agent -agent referral and it's 20 or 25%, that's fine. There's a threshold to which you can no longer say it's fine. If you're in a marketplace where your buyer-agent commissions are substantially less and it, the math doesn't make sense, do the math first. Don't work for free because otherwise you're going to spend it's all true. your best energies working for what amounts to $15 or $20 an hour where you could have very well said no to that lead and you could have gotten uh, proactively lead generated listings and created right. tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Be smart, guys. Well, it's especially painful on the buyer side because everything that you just said is true. Plus, they've got to spend just so much more time on buyer sides now than if they had that listing which would not only sell this weekend, but also generate them an unbelievable amount of business. You, One of our coaching clients in Northern Virginia had an open house last weekend. You know how many people came through? 58 different couples or families. And probably, 58. 50, and probably 57 of them had houses to sell. Exactly. Well, guess what her homework was from her coaching call? Call all of them and find out which ones have houses That's to right. sell. That's right. Using our script, which home in the area do you plan on selling? Okay. And by the way, this house was about 700000 So absolutely, probably most of them. That's not a first-time buyer house. So- She's a lot happier than somebody who's paying for buyer leads this week. It's all about skill set, guys, but it starts with the understanding of how to actually get it done. What are you waiting for? Become one of our Premier Coaching students. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link so you can become a Premier Coaching client. Text the word Premier to 47372. You can join our Premier Coaching program. You can be on a, a semi-private coaching call with your coach maybe today, depending on when you're listening to this, you do not have to wait to get started. You can now uh, essentially jump to the head of the line and start taking actions on becoming a Premier Coaching student. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Member message and data rates may apply. All right, we have four points left for you guys. Real estate agents, do you want success now? Point number nine. Point number nine. Okay, so again, we're talking about daily standards to keep you going towards success. Point number nine actually speak with all pending clients with transaction updates. Now, depending on how many you have, you may be doing this daily or weekly, but don't be out of sight, out of mind. If you haven't noticed yet, people don't like that. Your pending deals especially. If you have a transaction coordinator, you can talk to your pendings once a week instead of once per day. But why is this on the success list of habits? 
It's because when you are updating them regularly, they feel like you're communicating at a high level. That makes it easy for you to ask them who else they know who could use your help buying or selling real estate. This is a, a very important lesson, especially to our grizzled veterans who have lots of pendings because they hate making those update calls. They think their TC should do all of it. So when you make those calls, look at it as being a proactive lead generator, not just being a communicator. Every single form of communication to every single soul you come in contact with should end with the simple question, oh, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling? Or ideally, who do you know who's thinking about selling that I should be helping in this market? Yes. Ask the question, oh, that's too salesy for me, versus what? You saying nothing? Guys, listen. <laughs> Be proactive. Ask the question. Everyone's thinking about real estate. Yeah, don't be now, now, again, these are points about how you can make money now. And you'll notice the recurring theme with every one of these points is you're being proactive, having real voice-to-voice -voice or human-to-human -human contact, not behind a screen, not behind a TikTok, not behind a Twitter. You're actually having real conversations. Uh, point yes. number 10. Yes, and some of these points may be a little bit covert on our point, our, our part, which makes it look like something, but is actually getting you out in the wild making conversations. That is the goal. Yes, point number 10, speaking of which, spend at least one hour working out, going on a walk, taking a class at a fitness center. That seems like it's right in alignment with your fitness goals. Yes. However, group exercise is better for your business, expanding your center of influence. We've talked about this extensively on lots of different podcasts, as well as in the Harris Rules book, but it's time for you guys to get out there and guess what? Talk about real estate. All right. Point number 11, meet three new people on purpose and talk about real estate. Use meetup.com to find new organizations and meetings to join. Focus on three different areas to expand your centers of influence. And I did check meetup.com. They've been around like 20 years. They've really grown to have lots of different meetings. So you have three categories, hobbies and interests that you already have. That's on the top because you're more likely to actually do it and enjoy it and do it repetitively week after week. Second category, business networking like BNI, that's Business Network International, Chamber of Commerce, or investment groups. That's networking for the sake of networking. You shouldn't be weird about talking about real estate in that category. And then charitable organizations. That's especially good when you're trying to raise your average sale price. You're trying to upgrade your center of influence. And this is this category. We've done entire podcasts on how to expand your center of influence for the sake of getting more organic real estate leads that guess what? You didn't have to buy. Don't make the mistake of settling into doing the same events every single week and then basically seeing the same people every single week. Start doing different things and varying your uh, impact. Just using it for example, we were talking, we talk all the time. If you're new listeners, just get ready for this. Uh, we don't go to Orange Theory anymore because we live in Puerto Rico and there aren't any Orange Theories. Well, not one local anyway. But Orange Theory, any, to Julie's point, organized group fitness uh, thing is going to be an absolute home run of lead generation. So when Julie was using point number 11 of meeting three new point, uh, people uh, perp on purpose and talk about real estate, and she was giving you ideas, you, the goal here is for you to get off your butt, get out of your house, get, out, get away from your computer, get away from your screens, and start talking with people. If you're somebody who's uh, you know, older, that's going to give you an advantage over younger people because older people are not so addicted to screens. Older people are more used to having conversations with humans. Younger people, you are at a disadvantage because you think the world revolves around people that are also your age. The problem with people your age is they're not really doing that many transactions yet, older millennials aside. You're going to need to learn to actually have real conversations that are designed to generate a lead 
on a regular basis. The more people you know, the more people you communicate with, the more uh, opportunities you're going to have, the more money you're going to make. It's that simple. It's not more complicated than that. Hold yourself accountable to what Julie's point was as far as the number of conversations you're having every day. Now, these last two points are, well, the last point is really strongly a mindset point. I'll read it and go through it relatively quick, but it does help. It actually relates to an earlier point. Keep a gratitude journal daily to remind you of what's going well in your business and keep your mindset in an attitude of gratitude. That is something that will make it so that while you're on your way, to building your business and frankly if you're you know building your any aspect finances whatever you can actually see even if they're little micro steps you can see those micro steps forward and it does make a big impact on your mindset about continuing on your path where a lot of agents are going to fall short well humans in general is they're going to think that things are going to happen faster than they actually are Everything in life that's worth accomplishing is going to take about seven to ten times longer than you think it should. That sucks, but that's and, just And that's a fact. if you're working on it. Yes, and that's if you're working diligently on it, right? Everything takes longer. Wealth accumulation takes longer. Fitness takes uh, longer. Skill set takes longer. Becoming good at something takes longer. You know, our little eight-year-old uh, Zoe, she's always like, she does something well once and she's like, I'm an expert at it, you know? <laughs> no, she rode her bike successfully once the other day and she's like, all right, I'm off to so-and-so's house, which is like two miles away. Yeah, she thinks she's going to go into Tour de France, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's it. But that, how many of you guys think the same way? So don't have such, don't be so short-sighted about how long it's going to take to actually really get good at something, but know that most people will never put in the effort and the time to get good at something. And so when you are uh, doing it diligently, even if you're not getting uh, rewarded for it, you are working towards something that's going to be more profound than the other people would have ever experienced because they give up too quick. And that's what most people's lives are built around are these instant gratitude, instant, not gratitude, but gratification. instant gratification things that will ultimately ruin their ultimate potential because they've never built the momentum to something really extraordinary. That's right. So point number 13, one of my favorite, get help from qualified coaches who will shorten your path to success by keeping you on track and holding you accountable. I circle back to the agent I told you about with the open houses. She's got an actual open house system, which is largely based on our coaching. Okay. So oftentimes she will feel like she's got to create some kind of new lead generation system. Coaches bring you back to what you have already systematized, what already works, get you do, doing that more of it at a higher level and help you realize that some of you don't really have a lead generation problem. You have a lead follow-up problem. You have a scripting problem. You have a closing problem. You have lack of presentation skills. That's what coaching gets you versus wandering around in the real estate wild, wondering why you don't have more leads. It, that's really the bottom line, guys. If you want to ascend the mountain quicker, I used to tell this story a lot, and I'll, it's kind of a nice way to end today. Mm -hmm. um, Julie and I used to live in Las Vegas. This was a long time ago. This is, you know, and we went to the IMAX theater mm -hmm. of watch, which made me motion sick. But that aside, <laughs> and we went to the IMAX yeah. theater to watch uh, the climbing of Mount Everest or yes. something insane. Mm -hmm. And I remember the story, which was long. Um, was basically talking about, I think it was two different or three different groups that were climbing simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And one of the groups was uh, just went and did all the right, they made all the right moves. Yep. They looked for the most experienced Sherpas. They looked for the most, they bought, they, you know, they did what the Sherpa said. That's mm -hmm. really the bottom line. Yep. And the Sherpa, and there were two other groups. And mm -hmm. the other groups, I think they hired Sherpas as well. I know they did. 
but they didn't listen to their Sherpas. Mm -hmm. They're just sort of like, I'm going to make my own path forward. I've got all this computer modeling. I've looked at Google Maps and I know I how to I watched a YouTube video on I've this. Watched, I've done a Facebook survey. And so I think there are three groups, if I'm remembering correctly. Some of you guys will correct me if I'm wrong. But the gist of it was is they, um, the, uh, the group that had hired the professional Sherpas, who are their coaches, uh, they actually, so you, you, how do I explain this? You are deciding when you're going to start climbing this mountain, depending on what the hell the weather is going to be. Because if you get that wrong and you climb on the wrong, you take the wrong path up the mountain, simplifying it, but that's the gist of it, you will die. I mean, that's just it, end of story. And so these other uh, two groups that did not listen to their Sherpas, thought they knew more than their Sherpas, thought they'd create their own path up the mountain with all the Sherpas knew, cut know. some corners, right? took too much gear, had too much, you know. They, ignored the weather. It, ignored the weather, decided to make their own paths. And I think the second group, a lot of them died. Mm -hmm. So these there were three groups. And the third group, which was the one that was basically being coached and trained and mentored, and they were being, you know, essentially following the advice of these experienced people. Because remember, Sherpas are from uh, a group of people. I forget what the uh, the uh, what they're actually called. I let's say indigenous to the mountain. <laughs> yes, exactly. They yeah. had lived there for generations. They know that mountain like the back of their hands. They can read the weather. They can. They know exactly every place, every way up it, every way down it. They've done this forever. And matter of fact, it's pretty actually hilarious when you see these videos of the Sherpas. You'll see these, you know, these Westerners usually. They're climbing with all this fancy ass equipment on, and they look. I mean, like you can visualize. And the Sherpas are wearing like a T-shirt, you know, and carrying like ten times the weight. It just, it's. I'm making yeah. you laugh, but it, the point of it is, is that the third group basically. Uh, waited and the the uh, Westerners were like, we want to go, we want to go. These other groups went, these other groups went, and the Sherpa said, nope, we're going to wait because we're going to do this right. We're going to do this right because this is what's going to happen. There's a storm that's coming over there. This is the path we're going to take. It's not okay to take this path yet. They're like, nope, we're going to do it the right way. The other two groups went. Neither one of the other two groups made it, and a lot of the people in the other two groups died, froze on the mountain. Oh, and by the way, a lot of these mountains that people go climbing on, when you freeze on the mountain, guess what? You're there forever. Yeah. They don't pull your frozen ass off that That's mountain. It. You you become you some... become a stepping stone for the ones that use the Sherpa and listen to them. Yeah, exactly. That's what you become now. So then the third group went up, and the third group actually made it up and made it down. That and that was the group that there was basically doing the movie around. But that's something that's really fascinating. When I watched that, I thought to myself, well, that is so obvious that you would not want to that you'd want to listen to the people that are more experienced. But here we are in looking at this climbing up the ascension of this you know obviously potentially very deadly mountain, doing this mm -hmm. really. I think crazy hobby, right? Though we know some people that do <laughs> it do. ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, why the hell would you do that? I mean, you know, not, anyway. Not my jam, but, you know, if it were, I would definitely get some help. <laughs> we grew up in Ohio. I had enough snow and <laughs> wind right. and blizzards. Elevation's like a thousand feet for <laughs> exactly us. Exactly. Right. Well, so why would you not listen to an expert telling you to get up to the top of the mountain? There's only one answer. Ego. Mm -hmm. Thinking you know better. You don't know better. It's impossible for you to know better than the Sherpas that have grown up around it, that did it have done it, been up and down a million times. And yet people will show up and they'll say, I've got a fancy CRM. I've got a fancy mm -hmm. lead follow-up system. I've got a fancy team model. My branding and my TikTok videoing is going to make it so I don't have to actually listen to you. Yeah. And then you I got to work around. And then you freeze and you become a human sickle on the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. That's what happens in all aspects of life. That's what happens in you guys. Just think of all the different ways that you could have saved yourself time and energy and effort in your life. Had you just hired a professional coach. Now, how do you know who is a professional coach in real estate? Here are the three filters. Number one, have they ever sold real estate? 
Have they ever had a real estate license? If they have, then you can move on to question two. If they haven't, they are a, not a real real estate coach. You should forget their name. Number two, if they sold real estate, move to question two. Did they ever sell 100 homes in a year? If that is a if they have, well, that's great. They sold 100 houses in a year. You've got somebody that's you know unique in the real estate industry, a unique real estate coach. Okay, then the next question is, did they sell over 100 houses a year for at least five years in a row? Now, that's the third question. So you've moved past the first question, past the second question. Third question is, has this person been successful consistently for a long period of time? And by successful, I mean somebody sold at least 100 homes a year. If the answer is no, then you got to start asking some questions like, okay, so the year you sold the 100 houses, tell me about that. Well, it was a subdivision. It was a building. It was a bunch of lands from some farm some subdivided farm field. In other words, it wasn't one transaction at a time like most of you guys will end up doing it. That's the reality of it. You can do better. So you find first question, license or no? No license, you're not a coach. Second question is, once you've determined they've had a license, have you sold 100 homes in a year? If the answer is yes, then you move on to the third question. Did you sell at least 100 homes a year for at least five years in a row? And if they did, you've got somebody special. Hold that person close, but then move on to question number four. Have you been paid, paid, it, it, you know, at least $250, frankly, per coaching call, to perform it over 10,000 coaching calls. In other words, you claim you're a real estate coach, prove it. Show me that you have actually done being paid to do over 10,000 coaching calls minimum. What, meaning this is different than somebody who goes and talks at your office meeting. Or does a YouTube or does video. Or does a YouTube or you find them on Facebook or whatever. We're right. talking about professional coaches we're, who do it for a living. We're not talking about people that are presenting on, on YouTube. Right. We're not talking about people, they're trying to act like they're real estate coaches, but they've never done anything other than presenting. They've never actually done any real coaching. They don't know what they're talking about. They may they, never have ever been paid to do it. Now, they could be very successful at selling real estate, and a lot of them were, but they weren't successful at coaching. The skill set to do is a hell of a lot different than the skill set to teach somebody to do. And being paid is critical. Yep. Why? Because the market decides if that coach sucks or not. You will not continue to pay if you are not getting results. That's the bottom line. And so if you found that person, well, chances are you've discovered Julie or I, or there's maybe, or there's maybe two or our coaches, or there's maybe two or three other people in the industry that have that level of experience that have sold houses for a long period of time. They have sold over a hundred homes per year, but most importantly have, you know, done ten, Julie and I've done probably it's hard to know for sure, but at least a half million, probably approaching 750,000 one-on-one coaching calls, maybe even a million. It's that many, all being paid. And again, to Julie's point, the market has decided who, who the uh, coaches, who the true coaches are based on the people that get paid to do it. Free real estate coaching is you getting what you're well, paying for. You can't really fire somebody that's free. Right. So why don't you demand for yourself to work with people, the Sherpas who are going to get you to the top and not result you it result in you being a human sickle along the side of the mountain. Doesn't that just make sense? So guys, many of you are ready to join our coaching program. You should have done it already. Text the word premier to 47372. Text the word premier to 47372. And you can join our premier coaching program for around $100 a month, depending on what path you choose to follow. At, again, text the word premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. So Julie, what is the topic starting tomorrow? Yes. Well, tomorrow I'm going to actually use one of our longtime listeners and coaching clients as an example, a fellow Julie, by the way, not ah, me, a different I read Julie. That. That's a yes. great email. 
And I loved her email because she has so many different, I think without even realizing it, she had a lot of bullet points in there, which are very reflective of somebody being coachable and getting results. And, you know, she was very introspective and transparent about it, how she felt about things, how it's going for her. But I think she's a fantastic example of somebody who is going on that path up the mountain using her Sherpas and is very clear on how that's going to turn out. So I'm going to use that and and we'll lay some uh, different coaching things into that. In the meantime, guys, sincere thanks for keeping this number one uh, listen to daily podcast for real estate agents. Um, we love being your real estate coaches. Well, we're not, for many of you, your real estate coaches yet, but we will be. We love being your uh, daily entertainment, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, know? we know. <laughs> we know. That, it's okay. And again, we love being part of your lives, and we are honored that you allow us to be part of yours. So continue. Please help us to continue making this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents. If you're listening now after that long 41-minute <laughs> rant, yep. you are definitely a true fan. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes. We certainly appreciate it. If you're listening to us on YouTube, we started putting a lot more effort into that YouTube channel um, probably about this time last year. And you can subscribe on YouTube and listen to the podcast off YouTube. But really the easiest way is just to listen off iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're, we're everywhere. So wherever you are listening to us, please give us a five-star review. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.